Glory to God in the highest. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, Mark, uh, Brother Mark, uh, I want to thank you for sharing what I was going to share this morning. So we can just pray and go home, right? Not. <laughs> One of the things that um, Pastor Phil had asked me to do was share that prophetic word. We're starting a brand new year, right? 23 is gone and over with. And uh, there's people that can say, thank God. There's some that can say, oh my. There's some that can say, oh well. <laughs> you know, it's, it is what it was. And I don't, I'm not going to complain about it. I praise God it's over. We had a good year. It could have been better. But we had a good year. And part of the reason we had a good year is I'm still alive. And that's an awesome thing. When you have been where I have been, being alive is wonderful. <laughs> uh, I should have been dead so many times. The enemy did his best to take me out multiple times. Over Kay and I just celebrated our 51st anniversary. So we've been married. Um, and in that 51 years, uh, Kay has had to stand for my life multiple times. And I am thankful that I have a godly wife who knows how to pray, who knows how to believe God, and quite frankly, doesn't give a flip about your opinion. It's not going to change what she's going to do. And I'm thankful for that. Um, and so, even though she's merciful, I have seen that mercy go out the window when it comes to what people say about me and am I going to live or not. Isn't that right? Mercy isn't even in the same universe. She goes to a whole nother level. And I am thankful for it. Because I am alive today for two reasons. First and foremost, God. And second, because of my wife. Because when I was totally out of it for two months, I have no recollection. And it's okay with me. I don't want to know. I don't want to remember what happened to me. And Kay's going, you don't. <laughs> what happened to me in November and December, 12 years ago. I don't want to know. But when I was totally out of it and had no memory of that whatsoever, my wife stayed by my bedside. Her place of employment circumvented their whole policy for her. That's the favor of God. And so I am so thankful for a godly wife who knows how to take the word of God and stand on it when I couldn't. <laughs> so every year is a great year for me, man. I'm alive. <laughs> but you know what? It's going to get better. And, you know, speaking of that prophetic word, if... Now, you're going to have to um, stay with me for a moment here. If all you, we... Let me change it. I'm going to put we instead of you. If all we do is take this personally, we're going to miss it. I want to progress. I'm going to say it this way. I can progress. I can advance. I can experience promotions. Me. I don't need God. I can do this. Now stay with this. Stay with this. I can see some expectations fulfilled. I can do that. So can some of you. Because of the gifts and the abilities we have. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> because I don't want it to be based on me. 
I want it to all be based on him. Therefore, I wanted all him and none of me. Right? Now, if all we're going to do is take this personally, I believe we're going to miss this. I want to advance. No, I'm going to do it. I got it written down so I didn't get them out of order. I want to progress in God and in his word. I want to advance in God and his word. I want to experience promotion in God and in his word. I want to see my highest expectations fulfilled in God and in his word. So in other words, we can take this physically, personally, which we should. We should be asking for and believing for promotions and advancement and all of this. But I want it also in this. This has become my life. It didn't used to be. And that's embarrassing and humiliating and humbling to say. But you know, I did my duty. Reading the Bible was my duty. Born and raised in a parsonage, you, uh, you read your Bible, you pay your tithe, and you go to church. I did that. That was my duty. And the Lord showed me that I had lost my first love. Because there's a duty. And I don't share this very often because Kay doesn't like me to. Um, but when, I, when God showed it to me, I began to weep. And I asked God, put back into me a love for your word like I've never had before. And it has become my life. Period. That's what that means to me. And I don't care. I really don't care what other people say or do. I'm talking about my life now. (laughs) And for me in my life, this is my life. Nothing is more important to me than the Word of God. As much as I love Kay, as much as I love this church, nothing as much as I love my kids and my grandkids, nothing means more to me than this, his word. This has become my life. And something happened to me October the 12th, 2023, that hasn't happened to me in years. I don't know why. I don't really care. I know it's not any, quote, sin in my life. Uh... It's not the fact that I haven't been walking close with God. But I have not received any kind of prophetic word for the coming year in several years. God used to give that to me every year. October the 12th, I was sitting and reading. And Kay and I read differently. She reads. She's got a chair in our bedroom. She reads. That's where she reads at. I go to the living room. That's my chair in my reading spot. We tried to read together. That didn't work. Kay is a teacher, which means she's got several books and Bibles, no books out. And it takes her an hour, at least, at least an hour, right? About, at the minimum, you know, to read. Me, about 30 minutes. I'm, I'm done. The difference is, I'll study and meditate on what I've read for days. That's who I am. And so we tried it. Didn't work. We were miserable. And I said, you read your way, I'll read my way. So the other thing about God is, and uh, when we are, um, what? okay, I read, then I spend time praying, and then I'm quiet. The Holy Spirit is such a gentleman. Even if you're praying in the Spirit, He's not talking. He needs you to be quiet to listen to Him. And so, He will not typically interrupt you. 
And so I, what I have learned is when I begin to pray, I'll pray for a while and then just get quiet and say, okay, Lord, I'm quiet. Speak to me, whatever you want to. Sometimes it's just something super simple, but October the 12th, and I didn't write down the time I should have. The Lord said, and I'm just going to tell you the whole thing. (laughs) He said, 2024 is the year of more. I thought, this is cool. I better write this down. More anointing, more revelation, more finances, more discipline. Now I'm writing this down. I scratched out the word disciplined. I did. I said, I don't like that word. The Holy Spirit said, are you going to write down what I say or what you want? Okay. So on top of my little scratch out, I wrote the word discipline. Then he went back and said, more anointing, more revelation, more finances, more discipline, more open doors, more ministry, more divine appointments. All of this and more than ever before will I give you as you seek me more in 2024. And I'm looking at that, boy, that's cool, God. And I got to thinking, there's seven words that make all the difference. And I said, Lord, how does this later on? Because I didn't share this with anybody for a while. And I thought, not even Kay. I just kind of kept it to myself and was praying over it. I said, Lord, how does this fit later now when, with the prophetic word that Dr. Savell gave? <laughs> the Lord said, I said, I know you're the same Holy Spirit. I know you're the same God. But how does this fit? He said, um, do you want to progress a little or do you want to progress more? Okay. All right. Do you want to advance a little or do you want to advance more? Do you want to uh, experience some promotion or do you want to experience more? And on and on it went through everything. I said, well, I I want more of that, Lord. He said, pay attention to the last seven words I said to you. The last seven words are this. As you seek me more in 2024. Now, if if you, well, let me say it this way. There will be some in our church because people are people. And we know that. There will be some in our church some all over the world who will hear this message from Dr. Seville, who will only see a tiny bit of progressing, a tiny bit of advancement, a tiny bit of experiencing promotions, a tiny bit of seeing expectations fulfilled. There will be. I'm not going to be one of them. Are you? No, I'm not. You know, the difference is I'm going to believe what the word is. I mean, I'm going to believe the word of the prophet who got this from the Lord and said, it's me. I got that one. And when he added a season of blessing, count me in. I'm in. I am all in. And nothing is going to stop me from doing it. Not even me. The limitless God can be limited by you and me, by what I choose to believe. We know I have some family members, and I can say this because the chance of them ever listening to this would be slim to nil, <laughs> and that's okay. I, I'm, I'm good with that because uh, I still love them, and Kay and I enjoy being with them. But there are family members that we have who are still sick 
because they don't really, well, I know God can heal, but he probably won't. So, um, you know, it's okay. I just live with this. Get after it. Not me. (laughs) Because I choose to believe what the word of God says. That by Jesus stripes, and it says stripes. But when you study that, it wasn't stripes. It was shredding. His body was shredded for my healing. And I take it. And therefore, it will manifest in my body. Period. It does not have a choice. My choice is body. You will line up what God has already said. You don't have a choice in this matter. Now, my microwave mentality, I want it right now. Well, who cares about when? It's done. I do care about when. I want it now. But I am willing to stand as long as I need to stand until I see it because that's what the Word of God says. When you've done everything you can do to stand, then keep on standing. Don't back off. Don't back up. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't quit. Keep on going. That's what I'm going to do. I'd like for you to join me. That's your choice. But Kay and I have already made a decision. We're going this way. And one of the things that that I've been asking the Lord for is more open doors and more divine appointments. I had one yesterday. Now, we've needed to get our brakes fixed. And if you ever heard us backing out of the church, you're thinking, what's that noise? It's our car. The brakes need to be fixed. My plan was to get an appointment on Monday. Had a bunch going yesterday, so it's going to be Monday. Thursday night, I'm just... We had one rare time off. That's rare, but we did. We didn't have anything going. Th- we didn't, did we? Thursday night. And I'm just sitting there, and, uh, and the Holy Spirit said, get your brakes done tomorrow. Now, I'm thinking, in the natural, okay, it's probably getting really, really dangerous, because you could tell it's metal on metal. Okay, don't ever do that. Don't do that. That's not wisdom. So I'm thinking, okay, God knows that because he's, there's, you know, I have lost my brakes once in my life. And that's no fun when you got to stop and there's no brakes to stop. And uh, God protected me out of that. Now, that wasn't metal on metal. That was the complete brake failure of the car. And that was a unique experience. So I'm thinking, okay, that's probably it. Well, yes, that was part of it. Because the guy that has worked on our cars for the last 13 years, he knows our cars inside and out, the cars that we've had. So I called and I said, is um, Ron going to be there tomorrow? Um, Because he works different hours. Yes, okay, well, I'm going to come over and have him check my brakes. Well, that's what I told him. I knew what had to happen. (laughs) And so he came out. Actually, he was coming out of the shop when I was pulling up. And uh, he said, hey, Mike, what do you need? And I said, I need brakes. I think it's metal on metal. So he's looking at it, this flashlight, and he goes, you need brakes. Yeah. And uh, he said, it's going to cost about this much. I said, I don't care. I need brakes. So you might go ahead and have the, go ahead and do an oil change while you guys have the car. I went inside and sat down. Now, I'm thinking I need brakes, which is true. That's why I was there. That was not why I was there. I sat next to a guy in one of these really comfortable chairs that you just sit in and you just sink. It's like, oh, man. I said, I may need help getting out of here. He said, I know I will. He said, when I sat down, I thought, man, this is comfortable. So I've got my cell phone, I've got my earplugs in, I'm going to listen to some music. And on the TV, they had, 
I'm going to say what I think it was. I don't, I've never seen this before, but where people would make bids on uh, storage sheds. Okay. And um, what's it called? Oh, okay. Um, and so uh, they, they come to this one thing, and I'm not really paying that much attention to it. And they came to this one thing. And uh, they asked, you know, what, what would this be new? Because they, they didn't know what exactly what it was, and they took it to this supposedly expert. And they said, well, brand new, this would cost $4,000. And I said, you got to be kidding me. He said, that's stupid, isn't it? I said, yes, sir, it is. If you're going to pay $4,000 for that, somebody's got way too much money to spend wrongly. And so uh, he said, yeah. Hey, is it okay if I ask you some questions? I said, sure. So I took my earphones out. I wrapped my earphones around my phone and laid it down. That started a conversation that lasted an hour and a half. And he's asking questions. And I thought, okay, you're asking questions. I'm going to answer your questions. And so the first question, he said, do you live around here? I said, no, actually, no. I actually live... Where we live is Fort Worth, but you go one way, you're going to get into Burleson. You go another way, you're going to get into Crowley. I mean, we love kind of at this one little area that's Fort Worth, Crowley, Burleson. You know, in that area. <laughs> he said, and you drive all the way up here? I said, yes, I do. I said, uh, Ron, who's working on my car, um, when we first moved here, um, this was real close to our house. So he knows our cars. Inside and out. He actually knows them better than I do. And so, yeah, he's a man of integrity, which a mechanic, it's important to find mechanics who operate in integrity. And he does. And so I was talking about that. And uh, I said to you, he said, yeah, I live pretty close to here. Okay. Uh, He said, "Uh, you don't mind me asking you a question? I said, no. Ask anything you want to. Now, I'm not going to tell you the whole conversation because it takes too long, but it's really amazing. He said, what do you do anyway? I said, well, actually, I'm a minister. He said, uh, do you pastor a church? I said, no, sir. We attend a church, but no, I have pastored before and may someday again. I don't know, but no. He said, uh, what denomination? I said, it's a non-denominational church. He said, charismatic? I said, yes, sir. Yeah, I'm Catholic. I said, that's awesome. Which it is. Like, that's awesome. He said, "Uh, you know, but I don't really adhere to what the Catholic, they call me a good Catholic. I don't know what that really means, but they do. He said, I don't really adhere to everything the Catholics believe. I said, that's that's good. (laughs) I mean, I don't know exactly how to answer these things. You know, I'm trying to be nice here. Each question got deeper and deeper into God. What was interesting, the whole lobby was full of people. Now, we were talking about this volume. He's sitting right next to me. And we're talking about this volume. So we're not talking real loud. And I know people who do that. I won't go there. But we were just having a conversation. Peripheral vision, I could tell the guy sitting next to me was listening. Because he sat down with a book, opened his book up, and I'm going to do this without falling. And he's, um, he's, he's, just, he's got his book open, and he starts doing this. Finally, he turned his chair and like this. The people in, in front that were sitting up there, they're going. The cashier, okay, the only reason I knew this because this caught my attention. The people in the, um, uh, out in the, the work area were knocking on the window to get her attention. <laughs> And she went, and, uh, so anyway, it goes on. He's asking more and more questions. 
And he said, um, what, you, you said you're as a minister, but what do you do? I said, well, we have a, a missions organization. He said, is that like Kenneth Copeland? I said, well, kind of. I mean, we're not that big. Um, I don't know that I'll ever be that big, and that's okay with me. But yeah, he said, uh, you know, I've listened to that man. He's interesting. Now, this is coming from a Catholic. I said, yeah, he is, isn't he? Because <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, what way you're going to go determines what I'm going to do next. Uh, because for me, you touch not God's anointing. Okay? You don't do this. And I try to be nice, as nice as I possibly can be, but you don't touch God's anointing. Period. So I said, yeah, he is, isn't he? He said, boy, he's got some interesting things to say. Things I've never heard of in the Catholic Church. I said, well, I'm quite certain of that. <laughs> so the conversation keeps going and going. And he said, um, so um, I'm telling him more. He's asking more questions about our ministry. And he said, uh, so where are you just really operating in Africa? I said, No. No, actually, I've only been to North Africa. I've been there twice. That's the only place I've been in Africa. And uh, he said, South America? I said, no, sir. Uh, well, where? <laughs> I said, well, uh, Northern Europe, Europe, Eastern Europe, China. Even though I've never been to China, we help people there. Uh, in Asia countries. He said, um, so what do you do when you go? So I began to explain what, we're, what we did. And he said, now you, okay, assume I'm a missionary. Okay. Do I have to believe like you do to get you to help me? I said, yes and no. He said, well, how can it be yes and no? I said, well, let me ask you this question. Do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? He said, yes, I do. I said, do you believe, now as a Catholic, they should believe this part. Do you believe that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary? Yes, I do. Do you believe that Jesus came to earth, died, went to the grave, rose again, is seated in the right hand of the Father? He said, I personally do. Not every Catholic does, but I do. I said, that's pretty awesome. Then that means you qualify for me to help you. Because the only eternal value is Jesus. That's it. And the conversation just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper. The lady cashier says, you know, Toyota, whatever. And the guy goes, she says it twice. And the guy goes, sitting next to me, he goes, oh, oh, that's me. He gets up, pays for it. And she said, it's sitting out front. He said, okay, uh, I'm going to finish listening to this conversation. <laughs> we had a captive, well, let me rephrase. I had a captive audience talking about God from a divine appointment. And they finally said, um, Mr. Martin, Yes, ma'am. Your car's ready. I said, okay. Everybody just, they kind of look at me. I said, I really do have to go, guys. <laughs> I really do. And so his name is Doug. Doug said, uh, Mike, you have given me thoughts about God that I've never had before. I have to now rethink my position about God. I said, well, praise God. That's awesome. You keep seeking him and he will show you the right way. You have divine appointments that are going to be set up for you in 2024. And they will come in all kinds of probably, maybe strange things. Here I'm thinking I need my brakes fixed, which I did. That wasn't the reason God had me to go yesterday it was for that man to open up his life and he said i don't know why i'm telling you everything about my life 
the way I am. I said, I do. And he, he back, because he's sitting in the chair, he said, do you now? I said, yes, I do. Whether you believe this or not doesn't change the fact that this is the truth. God, his Holy Spirit spoke to me, not audible. And every, throughout the whole conversation, I kept saying, not audible. It's very inside of me. The Holy Spirit spoke to me yesterday and said, get your breaks done today. I mean, tomorrow, which is now today. Well, I thought, I know I needed breaks fixed. I knew that. But it was a divine appointment with you. This was a divine setup by God for me to meet you, to talk with you about him. Everybody is still doing this. <laughs> lean, now I can't lean the way you do it because this will keep moving. But they were leaning in their chairs, listening to this whole conversation. And we got deeper and deeper into the things of God. And I thought, you know what? You keep asking the questions. I'm going to be bold enough to answer your questions. Timidity has got to go out the window. We have to be, if, if it's, yeah, I'm going to sit that way. If it's time for revival, then timidity's got to go. Since it's time for revival, it's time that you and I become more bold when asked questions. Do not be afraid to tell the person or group of people about the gospel. And this man kept saying to me, I don't believe everything the Catholics teach. He said, uh, in fact, one of the things that really bothers me about what they do, what they teach, is what? I'm, I read the Bible. I really do. I read it. And I'm reading this Bible. And I thought, well, why can't I go to God? Why do I have to go to the priest? I said, that's a great question. He said, uh, do you think I got to go to the priest? I said, no, sir, I do not. And on that statement, I know there was other Catholics there because they went, huh, and they made that sound. Huh. I did not turn to look. I thought, I'm talking with you. I don't care what they do. I said, no, sir, you're right. If I believe what the Bible says, which I do, I can go straight to God himself. I don't need somebody else to go there for me. He said, well, that always bothers me because what they, what my priest teaches, it's okay, but it doesn't seem to match what I read in, in the Bible. I said, I'm very, I very seldom ever do something like this. But just give you a thought for your consideration you might consider changing where you attend church. He said, I think maybe I need to do that. Amen. That was a divine appointment that, that God had set up for me. Now, we get through, I go outside, and Ron is there, and he said, Mike, I don't know how you even stopped this car. I said, God. He said, uh, don't you think you were tempting God a little bit? And I said, probably. Well, you see, I had, I had my plan to be here on Monday. He said, uh, it's a good thing you came today. I said, more than you know. It's not just for the breaks, sir. Now, Ron and I have had a lot of conversations about God. I said, what you don't know. He said, you had a long conversation with a man sitting next to you because I saw you. I said, that was the divine appointment set up for me to be here today because he was here today. Could God keep those breaks together until Monday? Yes, he could have. Should I have waited this long? No, that's not wisdom. And it's me. It's all on me. 
But when the Holy Spirit spoke to me, Ron, and you know, you and I've talked about this. I don't hear audible voices. <laughs> he said, that's a good thing, Mike. I said, yeah, it is. But when the Holy Spirit spoke to me, get him done. This was yesterday. Tomorrow, there was a reason. And so I'm here to A, get the breaks done, and B, for a divine appointment that took place. He said, you want to tell me about it? I said, we don't have time because you got to get back there and get to work. But I've been reading first, I'm not first John, because I've been reading Revelation. I'm back into Revelation now, my personal reading. I saw something, and I've read this for years, but I saw something this time, Revelation 2 and 3. This is where the Holy Spirit talks through John to the seven churches that are in Asia. And there is, you know, you're doing a great, but I have this against you. You know, you're doing great, but I have this against you. And here is what I call a theme that I saw through those two, those two chapters, seven churches. God said the exact same thing. And I say it to you. Anyone with ears, you got ears? Anyone with ears must, the New Living Translation is what I'm reading out of right now, must listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. If we're going to receive the prophetic word, progressing, advancing, experiencing promotion, seeing our highest expectations fulfilled, and a season of blessings in 2024, we must listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to us. Amen. We must. And then as I was sharing this with Kay, she said, you know, that reminds me. And this was this morning. I said, oh, I got to write that down. First John 5.15 says, you know, he hears us. Ooh. We must listen to him, but he listens to us. And I said, oh, my, my, my. And you know what? That reminds me. <laughs> and we started talking and different. God started bringing scriptures to me of where in the word of God, he listens. He hears what we say. And we have to pay close attention to the words that come out of our mouth. We must. Time is over for playing around. Now it's time to get in the game and stay there. And as I was sharing this with Kay, get ready. She shared something with me and I said, oh goodness, sweetheart, you've got to share this tomorrow morning. She goes, oh no, well no. I said, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. There you go. I'm going to sit down. Oh, just just a few minutes. Um, the that that scripture in First John. What impressed me about it, and this isn't what you asked me to share, but <laughs> but it it's the fact that God said you or we. John said, if, he, if we know that he hears us, then we have the petitions that we've asked of him. If, if we know he hears us, then he's going to do what we have asked. So therefore, if we actually do listen and hear him, then we're going to do what he asks. So I thought, well, that's really cool. It's like a two-way street. you know. So anyway, thought I'd share that. <laughs> But I, we were talking the other day about discipline and about Mike crossing it out and everything. And I said, you know, in, in First Things First, on I believe it was, was it Friday? It was anyway, Matthew, the, it was the 
fifth day, Matthew 5. Which was yesterday. Was that yesterday? Time's flying. <laughs> and, and so it, he was talking. Actually, I didn't realize this before, but, but when I've been coming to the first things first, I've been reading that scripture over and over several times. And did you realize that the Sermon on the Mount was spoken to Jesus' disciples? It, it said something like, great crowds followed, but Jesus sat down and spoke to his disciples. And I thought, wow. That's interesting. And a disciple is a disciplined one, right? And a disciplined one is one who is going to be like the master, is going to listen to what he says, do everything that he says, the way he says it. So um, then he was talking about, to me, the scripture was talking about what a disciple really is, what a disciplined one is like. So, um, first of all, a disciplined one is salt and light. So, you don't want to grow dim. You don't want to grow stale if you are a disciple, if you're a disciplined one. A disciple is a doer and a teacher of the Word of God. A disciple is one who guards his heart against hate, lust, and falsehood. You know how it talked about, you know, if you if you hate in your heart, then you're really a murderer. And if you lust in your heart, you're an adulterer. If you don't just let your yes be yes and your no be no, then you're living in falsehood. So a disciple will guard against those things. They'll guard their heart. And a disciple goes above and beyond in love and generosity, even to those who take advantage of them, persecute them, hate them. And I I tried to make this personal. I said, Lord, empower me to go above and beyond in love and generosity to even those who take advantage of me, persecute me, and hate me because I'm yours. Make me perfect as you are perfect. And that's exactly what he said at the very end. And I looked up that word perfect because you hear all your life, nobody's perfect, you know, only Jesus is perfect. But right there he says, be perfect as I am perfect. And so the definition that I found of biblical perfection, the word that I liked the best was maturity. So it was to be mature in him. So if a disciple is a disciplined one, I think that's going to be the key to 2024 and seeing, you know, all these things come to pass. And basically what Dr. Savell was saying when he very first got up, and I think he said it every time, Pastor Justin said it a few times, the three things that we need to do for this to happen. Does anybody remember any of them? Stay focused, stay in faith. And what was the third one? That's right. Don't allow yourself to be distracted. Those three things are things that are what disciples do. We're disciplined ones. And we're going to be faithful, stay in faith. We're going to always stand. We're going to stay focused on his word. We're going to speak it. We're going to refuse to be distracted or let the word of God be stolen. We're going to be expectant. Okay, so (laughs) I guess I'm done. (laughs) Yes, sir. What would you repeat your uh, revelation for this year? Uh, Would you hand me my, my, it's right up there. There we go. Okay, it is more anointing, more revelation, more finances, more discipline, more open doors, more ministry, and more divine appointments. Say it again. Oh, and it says, all this 
not this says, he said, all this and more than ever before will I give you as you seek me more in 2024. I am determined to seek God more and more and more because I want, I will, Kay and I will be progressing. We will be advancing. We will see promotions. We will see our highest expectations fulfilled. We're going to do it. It's, in fact, it's already done. And therefore, I can, bro, I'll get it out right. I can boldly proclaim it, it, ha, it will happen because it's already done. And therefore, if I believe it, if I believe that, and I'm going to say it properly here, okay? Even though it's going to sound a little funny. If I believe that Jerry Savelle is a prophet of God, if I believe that he actually hears from God, okay, so I'm using the right terminology here, then I believe he is a prophet of God. He did hear God. Therefore, it's what God, it, it came through Brother Jerry's voice, but it was from God to everyone, but I make this thing personal. It's to me. Therefore, my job is to believe it, receive it, keep on speaking it, keep on believing it, and I'm going to see it. Excuse me. I apologize. We will see it. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to encourage you guys with today. This starting of this year, kick it into high gear and get on. And it's okay if you stumble and fall. That's all right. Just get up. Don't stay down. I mean, really and truly, it'd be pretty stupid of me to, I sat down because Kate's got the floor. So, but it'd be really dumb of me just to sit right here. I'm done. Now, we need people to help put up the tables, move the chairs. Uh, Mike, you need to move. I can't because I sat down. Kay's saying, honey, we've got to go. I can't because I sat down. We need to lock the building up. You need to leave. I can't because I sat down. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you fall down, if you stumble, okay, repent, get up, and get going again. God still loves you. You're still his child. He loves you very, very much. Amen? And so, as there's still some food, right? So if you want to take some with you, you can get some there. Remember, Pastor Joseph said, next door, if you want to, they have some left over there. If you want to get some there, go next door and get that. But, I'm going to pray over us all, and we'll be dismissed. We need some people to help take this stuff up and put tables up wherever the tables go and the chairs where they go. And thank you guys for coming. And, well, praise God. Yeah. And one of the things I want us, oh, he's not here. I'm looking for Pastor Phil. (laughs) One of the things that I think as a group we need to believe for, for 2024, is that we can no longer fit right here. We got to be in there because over there is not big enough. If everyone who is 55 years and older, who currently attends our church, we could not be right here in this room. Couldn't happen. Why not let this happen this year? This group needs to grow. This fellowship is vitally important for all of us. And one last thing before I pray. 
We still got a few days, a week or so left in the first things first coming here. I know not everybody can do that, but if you can't, you should set that time from 6.33 to 7.33 aside. If you can do that, spend that time in prayer. There is something about a corporate anointing. And yes, it requires Kay and I getting up a little bit early. We have to, we have to adjust what we normally do. But when it was announced, Kay said to me, I'd, I'd like to go over to the church. I said, okay. That means we have to adjust some things. She said, okay. That's all I needed to hear. Now, there's no condemnation. Praise God for Romans 8.1. There is no condemnation. But if you can be here, I want to encourage you to do it. And one last plug. <laughs> if you can be at pre-service prayer from 9 o'clock to about 9.45-ish over there in the prayer room, well, that is some powerful times. Right, ladies that are there? That's some very powerful times. And I really would like some other guys to show up. I'm the only guy in there. <laughs> Don comes every now and then. I want some other guys in there. Man, I want to. I want. Don't want to be the only guy in there. So help me out, guys. Come in there for prayer. And it's not a time to talk. It's time to pray. So we go in there and we pray. We visit a little bit, but then we pray. Father, thank you for this time together today. We thank you for your word, where it was given through the music. We thank you, Lord, for your written word that was spoken, for the prophetic word that has been spoken several times here this morning. And we receive what you have for us this year. I speak a blessing over these, your precious people. I call them blessed, healthy, prosperous, successful, highly favored men and women of God. And Father, I thank you that every need they have physically, mentally, financially, socially, emotionally is all been met and we simply enforce our healing in every area. We enforce what Jesus has already done for us and we declare that we're all healed, healthy and whole in the mighty name of Jesus and those who are battling any symptoms of COVID or any other flu or any other stuff, we bind that in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare that their bodies will line up they are healed. The healing has already been bought and paid for, and therefore we receive it as done in Jesus' name. Amen. And as they always say here, amen, and go give them Jesus, folks. Amen.